We're in a new year. It's a new series right now. It's called Selfless. So if you are watching online, you're like, man, I missed last week and I don't know what it's about. It's okay. You can always go back and watch it on our YouTube page. Uh, but we're doing this series called Selfless. And this, this whole idea that it's less about us and um, really more about others and how we can be more selfless. All right. So last week we talked about this idea of sharing our faith and what does that look like to share our faith and are we being selfless uh, in sharing our faith. And then today, we're gonna to talk about this idea of just being a faithful servant. So if you were to describe yourself, we love to describe ourselves. You remember this? Like, if you were to describe yourself, how would you describe yourself? Right, what would you say, all right? Now, obviously, you're gonna talk about all your characters and your features, your best sides, right? But then, like, you know, what your character is, your personality and what that is like. But if someone else were to describe you, like someone else, all right, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a friend, it's a coworker, and they would use the word always. They had to use the word always. How would they describe you? You're watching online, like, listen, you're with your spouse. Listen, you're at your house, all right? You're watching at home. You can talk right now. No one's gonna hear you. We can't hear you digitally, all right? So I want you to like, just look at the other person. You're always what? You're sitting next to you like your spouse, like, you're always a jerk, right? Like right here in church, you can get away with it. No one's gonna get mad at you. How would you describe, how would someone else describe you with the word always? You're always loving. You're always kind. You're always rude. You're always even-tempered. You're always on your phone. You're always in the bathroom. You're always what? What would you use to describe yourself or how would people describe you? We're a self-centered society. Uh, we're in this huge experiment right now called social media. It's something brand new, really, within the last uh, 20 years or so, and we're figuring things out as we go along, and we like to have people follow our lives. It's all about our story, our social media, our viewpoints. I think probably in the last few days, you've read a little bit of viewpoints of what people feel like about things that have been taking place. And so you are all about your thoughts, your ideas, your likes, your dreams, your reels, your whatever, and getting people to follow you. So if you described yourself, and we like to make ourselves sound pretty good, what is something negative about you. Just in your brain, think about it out loud. Like, listen, you don't have to ask yourselves. They can think of many if you're married. They got it on lock, all right? But just yourself, think of something negative about yourself. You're watching online. I want you to think of something negative about yourself right now. Like, put it in your brain. What is something negative about yourself? Now, chances are some of you have a hard time doing this. Like, something negative. I'm like the best thing ever. Like my spouse is lucky to be married to me. I'm the best dad, I'm the best numb, I'm the best boss, I'm the best employee. Something negative about myself. Hmm, gee golly, I wonder what I could come up with. And then here's what some of us tend to do. We make positive things about ourselves negative things. Here's what I mean by that. I'm just too loving, you know? Sometimes I just love people too much and I just love them too much and you know, they take advantage of me. But if I wasn't so loving, huh, maybe, maybe that would be, that's a negative thing about myself. All right, well, what about something else? You know, I just care too much about people. I'm just always caring, always giving. I'm just too giving of a person, always giving and, and, and people are running over me or whatever. I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just too what? 
I'm just too, uh, a lot of times we take positive things and make them negative things. There's a word for that, narcissism. (laughs) We don't like to think of ourselves as having flaws. I can tell you as someone who, uh, especially early on um, in my 20s and now matured in my mid-30s, guys, um, I honestly, uh, especially like beginning in ministry, I struggle with pride and arrogance, and honestly, I did think I was pretty amazing until you get just served and like, I think maybe that's what like wives are for. They're just there to serve you humble pie every day, right, for that first several years. And I had to learn a lot and I had to go through some hard seasons in life. And then I finally had to realize of all the negative situations in my life, of all the messed up people I've been around, there was one common denominator, me. And in every messed up situation you've ever been in, the common denominator is you. And when you realize that, you think, you know what, maybe there might be some things in me that might need to change. And so what is it about yourself? Today, we want to not look at just beat ourselves up and make ourselves feel bad, but it's really becoming more selfless. It's not about me. It's about what can I do for other people. And so I kind of like to say it like this. We want to be seen through the lens of a filter, not through the lens of our flaws. We want to be seen through the lens of a filter. Do you want to know how I know that? Because Snapchat and Instagram crush the filter game right now. You ever met someone, you see their picture online, and then you see them in real life? I don't even need to say anything else. You're watching online. You know what I'm talking about. Like, you see the person online. It doesn't matter, guy, girl, whatever. And then you see them in person, and you're going... Whose picture did you put online? Was that you? Are you sure that was yourself? Because we filter it. I want people to see my life through a filter because I want people to think I'm amazing. I want people to think how good I have it together. And so what I'm gonna do is post what I ate because you know what? It's probably better than what you ate or what we cooked because I'm this top-notch chef and I can cook better than you thanks to Pinterest or I wanna show you all the places I go because you wanna have my life. I wanna show you all the things that I have. We wanna be seen through this filter and sometimes it's true even in marriages, husband and wives will post pictures of themselves to show how happy they are only to find out just a couple months later they get divorced. Wasn't so happy after all. We have to be careful about what we see online because filters hide the flaws. And so what we wanna do is thinking about like, I don't wanna just be the greatest, right? Muhammad Ali, I wanna be the greatest ever. No, we have to look at it and say, just how can I just serve God the best? How can it be less about me? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, like myself, for those of you watching online, if you're a follower of Jesus, He actually says in scriptures to deny yourself. We all wanna live like that Parks and Rec, treat yourself, and he's like, nah, deny yourself. He says, deny yourself, and then he says, you should serve. And so the, um, I guess we kinda can say it like this, serving isn't what we do, all right? A servant is who we're called to be. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are called to be a servant. It's not a suggestion. Hey, this would be great if you would. What he's saying is, hey, this would be great if you could just serve. No, no, no. What he's saying is you're called to be a servant. That's not attractive at all. 
that's not cool at all. That's not fun at all. But if we're gonna be selfless and we wanna be followers of Jesus, he says, you've got to be a servant. In the story of Acts, I love this. I think there's a really cool story about a girl. This is a story of a girl. No. All right, some people, because I, you know, I tend to like ride on like the hip hop, but I'm just trying to like get in there to like alternative or whatever kind of music you would call that, all right? And so um, there is this girl, and I think it's a really cool story. She just gets like this couple of verses about her, uh, but it's describing her life, and I think this is really cool. It says this in Acts chapter nine, verse 36. Listen to it. It says, there was a believer in Joppa. Her name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. All right, I mean... You ever just like met someone, like they had a name, you're like, that's your name, right? <laughs> like you're like, like you don't wanna laugh like you, when you hear someone's name. I get it all the time, all right? Just say my full name and you know I got made fun of a lot in high school and in middle school, all right? My last name's Woodcock, okay? So we just, just know this there. Online? I know that was funny. Your middle school brain is giggling right now and you lost it. It says she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. Okay, so first of all, there's a lot of things. Uh, When you read in scripture, her name's Tabitha, but in Greek, it's Dorcas, okay? Horrible, horrible name. But actually, her name is translated gazelle, all right? So it's taken on a whole different meaning here. Now, gazelle, when you read in scriptures, actually represents beauty. And you can read Song of Solomon, and Solomon be describing his woman like a gazelle. He's like, girl, you like a gazelle. Mm. Right? He's like, I want to be a leopard, and you're a gazelle. I'm going to chase you down. So gazelle actually has to do with beauty. And maybe she was a very beautiful person. And honestly, with a name like Dorcas, you better be cute. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just one of those things. And it said that she was always kind and always helping the poor. I think that's really cool. Like, I would love for, like, someone to say, like, you know what, Daniel? He is always kind. He's always helping others. I couldn't say that about myself, that's not true. I don't always care about others, I don't always do this thing, and and yet this is how she's described. And when you continue to read the story, we're not gonna read it today, but she actually gets sick and she dies. And then Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, who at this point is now like the leader of the early church, he goes and he actually raises her back from the dead. I think that's just really cool. Why, but why is that so cool? Because here's this person who really in the spectrum of like even like Christianity is really a nobody. No one really knows about her. I mean, outside of these couple of verses, we would have never known she was alive. She was just an ordinary person who just just really just stayed in her own lane and she was just helping people out. She wasn't a self-promoter. She wouldn't be Instagram famous. She would not be an influencer, all right? She was just Dorcas helper of the poor, taking care of others, putting their needs before herself. And so this year, if we wanna kinda take on that mindset, how can we become more selfless this year? And there's just three easy things that we can do, all right? There are just three easy things. First one is this, give a meal. You can give a meal. Now, this seems really simple, okay? And we're gonna talk about uh, what that looks like here in a second. But in 1 Samuel chapter 17, there is a story of Jesse. And Jesse had 
eight sons. And listen to one of the, the, the story with his youngest son. One day, Jesse said to David, David would be a teenager at this time, and we'll talk about who David is. He says, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring them back a report on how they are doing. So David, in case you have no idea, is what the Bible would describe as a man after God's own heart. This is David pre, like maybe you've heard the story of David and Goliath, he kills this giant. This is before David kills the giant. This is before David becomes the king of Israel. This is before David becomes a war hero, literally wrote so much of the Psalms and and the Old Testament. And as a matter of fact, people like women like sang songs about him. Like it was just one of those guys, just truly amazing. And he's the youngest of eight boys. And his brothers are out fighting a war. And his dad's like, David, come here. Yes, sir. I want you to go to war and bring your brothers some lunch. And then give the captain these cuts of cheese. I know him. He loves charcuterie. Hook him up, all right? And so he goes out there. Can you imagine sending your son to war just so he could check on his brothers? It's a totally different day, and they fought a lot differently than we would do today, but yet he is bringing his brothers a meal. Something very simple. David could have said, no. I don't know if you know teenagers, they like to say that. They're like, no, I don't want it, right? My son is now 11 years old. He's in fifth grade, but he's getting in, like he's that preteen, getting into that middle school, and I'm already annoyed with him. He's like, oh, dad, gosh. Like his, like his little, like his facial movements, like, oh my gosh. Oh, uh, you are a blessing from the Lord. I try to remember that when he does those things. And here, David goes out and he just brings a meal. He was just obedient. He just helped out. He brought some lunch. If you want to be the greatest, you serve. That's it. Jesus even talks about like, hey, if you want to be first, you got to be last. He takes the opposite approach to Ricky Bobby. (laughs) He's like, if you're not first, you're last. Well, no, Jesus actually says, if you want to be first, you be last. You serve other people. You know, the greatest people, you have no idea what they do because they're just behind the scenes, they're just serving, they're just faithful to serve. As a matter of fact, there are so many people here at Cornerstone who just serve. We got people right now at home who are are host online, who are just serving others by making this online experience enjoyable. We have people who are at home hosting and just being a satellite campus and just having a couple of people over at their house while they watch the service. We have people here after service who will come through, they will spray all the chairs and make sure we're killing anything that was ever living on these chairs, the particles will be dead after this service, right? Uh, we have people who take out the trash and who are setting up and we've got a tech team and there's all these things that go on more than just the people you see on stage. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes because people are just serving. They're just serving. And so like giving a meal doesn't literally mean like you have to give a meal, that's a way to help someone. Yes, you can literally give someone a meal but that's the simple mentality of what, like, what's the thing that I can do? What's the thing that I can do? Even checking in on Facebook is doing something that is helping other people. You can give a meal. The second thing you could do is this. You could give a ride. You're like, pastor's telling me to be an Uber driver. 
Like, I need to sign up for Uber. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. But I want to share with you this, this story here. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and it's getting time where he's about to fulfill like this 550-year-old prophecy from the prophet Zechariah, who said that the king would come riding through on a donkey. And Jesus tells his disciples to go into town and to get a donkey. And then he says, and if anyone asks you what you're doing, why are you untying this donkey? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. Now, we're not gonna necessarily focus on like Jesus so much so as the person who owned the donkey. Now, um, I don't even know if this is controversial to you or not, but just think of a president in general, any president you want, all right? Whether he is your president or not, or the new one's gonna be your president or not, whoever, just think of a president in general. Go back several years when you're like, whenever the last great president to you was, they come rolling through like Cadillac limos, this thing's like pimped out, like it is just set up, like it chromed out, like it can take bullets. It is, it is making sure like this guy's protected. He's got a whole entourage of like cars in front of him and like SUVs, they're all like just blacked out rims and all this stuff. Like it's just like when you see, you're like, that's cool. Like you know someone important is in one of those vehicles. We're not so sure which one, but one of them, that's why they all look the same, right? And they just rolling through in this whole entourage. You're like, that's cool. Like, I've only seen one, like, when I was in uh, Bible college in Missouri, and, like, we knew the president was going to be there. I actually got to see uh, the president speak. I thought, I thought that was really cool. And, and he came through in this whole entourage. I mean, they shut down the interstate so the president could ride through. I mean, that's when you know you're a boss. You're like, yeah, roll through like that. They shut down streets for me. I'm just driving. How cool would that be? This is like the king of kings, the lord of lords, the savior of all mankind, and Jesus is like, let me get a donkey. Now, in case you don't know what that would be like, it would be like the president being, cool, we got this whole entourage, all this stuff. Honestly, let's just roll through up there in a pinto. Could you imagine, like, he's just rolling through, like, he's just driving, he's in, like, a, he's in a Honda Civic, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not even, like, people, he's, like, driving himself, like, uh, like, he's burning, no, sir, you're burning that clutch out, right? Like, you gotta, no, that's not how you drive. Could you imagine, like, a president rolling through in something like that? Could you imagine, you'd just be like, isn't he supposed to be the president? Isn't he supposed to be something amazing? Why is he driving? Why is he in that kind of car? What happened? That's the equivalent, like Jesus lived in a time when there were like camels and like elephants and like horses. And if I was gonna choose a horse, I'd be choosing like the Budweiser horse. Like those are the coolest horses to me, right? I want something like, boom, that's gonna show some prominence, right? Jesus is like, go get a donkey. We're gonna roll up in there like that. Like a donkey? Jesus, a donkey? You want to ride through, you, you are the savior of the world. You want to ride through on a donkey? Can you imagine what his disciples are thinking? like, Jesus is going to ride through on a donkey. He's supposed to be like the king and the Lord of the donkey. And he says, I want you to go get a brand new donkey, one that's never been ridden before. Give me a brand new one. He said, I know it's a donkey, but like get the donkey with the air conditioning. You know, the donkey, the one with the platinum hooves, right? Like that donkey, you know what I mean? Like get me a nice one, a nice burrow, you know, like a little something, like a little satchel around, whatever. Now the owner of said donkey is like, hey, what are you doing? Like you're just untying my donkey. 
right? Because in those days, it would be honestly an honor. You have to be kind of someone wealthy, like you couldn't just ride animals. It was something luxurious to ride on an animal, to not actually have to physically walk yourself. And then this owner, when he hears it like, well, hey, our master Jesus needs this donkey to ride on it, he could have been like, but that's my brand new dining broke that one in yet. Did you see the hooves on that thing? I just put those on there, spinning hooves. Have you seen that on a donkey before? No, this one's got lights when it walks, man. This one's got a system up in that trunk. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want you to have this donkey, but over here, over here is this donkey. His name is Balaam. <laughs> a little church humor? Okay, no, all right. You can take this one. It's good and ridden. It looks like a donkey. Like, this is my best one. Take this one. But this guy doesn't do that. He gives his best donkey so that Jesus could ride on it freely. Didn't charge him. Just let him have it. We use what we have when we serve others. So what do you have that you can, that you can use to serve others? Like, because honestly... <laughs> doesn't take rocket scientists, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to just read the news, look online, watch any news station, just read Facebook to know, hmm, something must be going on in the world. You don't have to be smart, you just have to look around and go, oh, oh, something, something is happening in the world. Like, I didn't even know the other day that, like, the Capitol had even been stormed. Like, I just, like, why are people posting some crazy stuff? Like, I'm seeing the funniest, like, what is happening? I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's pretty crazy, I guess, right? That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. And then people are just, boom, opinions out there all over the place. And you're reading it. You're just getting disgusted with it, or you're like, yes, that's what I think too, and you're sharing people's posts, you're blocking people, you're unfriending them. Honestly, we need right now for believers, you're watching online, you're here in the room, if you're a follower of Jesus, we need you right now to just start serving people, regardless of what they believe, and probably maybe in spite of what they believe. We need people to be serving others right now. You don't need money to serve people. Just use what you have. You know, for the longest time, there was, there was a time in, in um, Aaron and our marriage where we did not have a lot of money, but we have always been caring. People want to just help people out. And so we just serve people by like making them food, bringing people over for a meal, just hanging out with them. Like, hey, how can I serve you? Or just giving of your time. Like, you know, we had lots of friends and they're moving to a new house or whatever. And like you go and you help them. Right, like, or hey, I gotta go take, I gotta go to my neighbor's house. They've been sick right now, and so we're gonna, you know, water their plants or whatever. It's the winter times. So if you're doing that, you're weird, right? But maybe they have inside plants. I don't know. I don't know, right? Like we had a neighbor and they couldn't get anywhere, and so we just go and we buy the Sunday paper for them, right? Just use what you have. It can be something very simple, but honestly, we need people serving others right now. Especially for Christians, like, golly, like, this is our time. This is our moment where we get to step up and we get to show the world that Christians aren't associated to any man in the United States. Christians are associated with Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And regardless of how we feel politically, regardless of how we feel economically, regardless of how we feel about social injustices, that under the banner of the cross, that's the person we're gonna follow and I can love you and I can serve you and we can be friends even if we completely disagree. 
This is our opportunity right now. The third thing we can do is this, just give your service. Give your service. This is a, for those of you who've been in church for a long time, you will be very familiar with this passage of scripture, but it says this in John chapter 13. It says, so he, that's Jesus, he got up from the table, they're at the last supper, like the meal before he's gonna go and be crucified. He took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, he poured water into a basin. Disciples are probably looking at him like, what's Jesus doing? And he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. If you just rewind the tape and read a few verses earlier, I would actually challenge you to read just a few verses before all that. The disciples are here at this last meal, and you know what they're talking about? Who's the greatest disciple? Who's the greatest? Jesus, Peter's like, I'm the greatest. I am the greatest. He's like, Jesus gave me the name Peter, Petra. I am the original, the rock. I'm the rock. Like, dude, if you had the name the rock, how cool would that be? Like, I'm the rock. Like, I wish I was the rock. He's rolling in some way. You could do a lot of stuff with the kind of money the rock has, right? Just me? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, then you got like James and John. He's like, yo, we are the sons of thunder. We're the sons of thunder. We come rolling through. You know when we hear, we get that thunderclap going. Like, we're here, right? Like, we know what we got going on. And they're all fighting, like, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? And Jesus just gets up. He says nothing. He pours water into a basin. They're like, that's strange. And he gets down, and he starts washing their feet. Whoever the first disciple was whose foot got washed had to be like, whoa, okay, like, probably, like, Jesus, what are you doing? Everyone else is watching. And then Jesus washes every single one of their feet. Now, in that culture, you have to understand that when someone would come visit your home, you would greet them like you would at your house, right? Like, hey, it's so good to have you here. Maybe you give them a gift. Maybe you hug them. Maybe you, like, kiss them on the cheek. Whatever the case may be, not right now. You should be distancing yourselves from other people. Six foot, like, they walk in, you know, hey, sit over there. I'll sit over here, right? We can text each other in my house, all right? Uh, so now they come. They're serving you're gonna have some fun today. All right, so they come, they're serving, whatever. And then, because they were walking outside and their shoe game isn't like our shoe game today, they all wore like sandals. It wasn't the best. A lot of dirt going on there. Their feet would be disgusting. The, the host of the house would say, hey, hey, hey. And they would call their servant over and would say, wash their feet. Well, why would the host do that? Because the host would never stoop so low as to wash your feet. That was a servant's job. Never the host of the home. And Jesus had been telling his disciples that following him wasn't about being served, it was about serving. And he said it to them all the time. And now he's showing them, no, I'm gonna show you what it means. You're watching online right now, I know wives are like, honey, you can go wash my feet tonight, right? You gonna give me a foot rub tonight? And the sister said, no, right? I won't massage my wife's foot. She gotta take a bath and like, no, you got I don't wanna do none of that. But I do, because I'm a good husband. And that's what I want you guys to just know me as, all right? And so he's washing their feet. When you read in scripture, it says that God, Jesus did not think he was robbing God when he took on the form of a servant. He said he was setting the example for us 
that for us as just regular, ordinary people, doesn't matter how amazing we are, that if Jesus, the Savior of all the world, could take on the form of a servant and wash someone's feet, he's saying, then you, whatever thing you think is beneath you, you could do that too. As a matter of fact, when you read in Matthew chapter 25, we're not gonna read it today, but there's this parable that Jesus gives and he's talking about separating sheep from the goats. The sheep from the goats. Now see, in our culture, everyone wants to be the goat. Greatest of all time. Talking about that person's goat, Tom Brady's goat. Ugh, hate Tom Brady, I'm a Denver Broncos fan, like no. No, Tom Brady, no, you're with Tampa Bay. I hope you lose. It was so close. You're probably not gonna, go, that's just my little rant. Give me this moment right now. I'm up here, all right? Like, I hope he loses, but I do remember several games when Denver demolished you, and those are some of the greatest times of my life, right? We wanna be the GOAT. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, like there's this conversation, Kobe Bryant, of who is the GOAT? Who's the greatest of all time? And in our society, we want to be the goat, no matter what you do, you could sell, sell uh, I don't know, air filters for a living. I'm gonna be the greatest. Air, I'm gonna sell so many air filters, like my face is gonna be on every single air filter. There's not a house where my air filter ain't in it, right? Like this air filter, I got air, air filters on days. I'm just stacking on stacking these filters and every time we talk, I'm like, you got an air filter? <laughs> you got one? Well, I just so happen to have some right here in my car. Take your pick, what size do you need? 20 by 20, 24, 30 by one, what? We wanna be the goat. And Jesus talks about goats and sheep, and he separates them. Now, the problem with some of this is that some of the goats believe that they're followers of Jesus. They believe they had a relationship with God. And he separates them. And he says to them, People were hungry, you didn't feed them. People were thirsty, you didn't give them anything to drink. People needed clothes and you gave them nothing. People needed love and you neglected them. People were hurting and they needed someone to visit them and you didn't visit them. And, then, and, and because you didn't do that for me, you're forever cast away. And they said, whoa, 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 whoa time out. God, when did we ever not take care of you? I mean, like, if it was you, of course we would have done that. And he says, when you fail to do it to the least of these people who are nobodies in society, he says, you failed to do it to me. And then to the sheep, he looks at him and he says, hey, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I needed clothes and you gave me clothing. I need someone to visit me and you visit me. I needed someone to love me and care about me and you loved and cared about me. And then these people who were sitting on the side of the sheep, they're just confused. They're like, Jesus, what? We never gave you any food. We never gave you any clothing. We never fed you. We never visited. What are you talking about? And Jesus says, when you did it to the least of these, to the nobodies, to the outcasts, to the people that everyone forgets about. He said, you were really doing it for me. Every single time you check in on Facebook, you feel like it's so insignificant, and we give you this total 438 days of school provided, and you're like, hey, whatever. That really represents an actual life in another part of the world who is reaping the benefit 
of something that you did that you think is not a big deal. Every time like you give to our church, you're giving to missions and you're allowing like the mission of like Cornerstone to continue and you're impacting lives and you have no idea. We gave $10,000 on top of regular giving last month in the month of December to the country of Honduras so that we could help provide so much care and meals for like these children who are literally being pulled out of garbage dumps and trying to give them an education to like people who live in villages in Honduras. And I have seen some of these villages with my own eyes as I've walked through those streets and you took care of them. You did it. You did it. And every time you do something that seems so insignificant, you're driving down the street, there's that same person, you see him all the time, but this time they're at the corner, and for whatever reason, you reach down, you have a $5 bill, a $10 bill, $20 bill, you wait till the next time, but you see that person, and you just gave them money. Hey, I'm praying for you. You just gave someone the food. You didn't think about it. You just said, hey, I got this and I'm just gonna help out. You served at Mercy Depot. You're like, hey, I, I wanna just help. You just do this thing that you think is not a big deal. I want you to understand it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Because when you do it for the least of these, God says it makes you the greatest. When you take on the form of a servant, you're actually elevated in the eyes of God. So we kind of like to say it like this. When you give your service to others, you're serving God. For every single person like, who's online right now, if you're a host, you're an online host, you're a satellite campus, thank you so much. Our online experience could not be what it is without you. And we're working to make it even better. We got some amazing things that, that we believe are, are gonna be happening very soon. For every single person in this room, who serves our church in some way, whether you're on like our uh, like safety teams, like security, like you help like welcome, you're doing coffee, you're in our kids wing, you're doing like, you're spraying down the church after it's done, our tech guys, whatever you do, if you do anything in any capacity, once a month, once a quarter, every Sunday in our church, in any single way possible, thank you so much. We can't do it without you and honestly, you might feel like what you're doing is so insignificant, it's a huge deal. And when you serve others, that's when we are most like God. You're making what we like to call a kingdom impact. It seems frail, like I'm just showing up to do this thing. No, 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 no. We get the opportunity to serve. We get that opportunity. And so for those of you who are part of our church, you're watching online, maybe you've never been here in person, but you're like, hey, I feel like I'm connecting with Cornerstone and you watch online very faithfully. Uh, where can you get plugged in to use your gifts? All of us have them. All of us have gifts. We have the ability to be used by God in any capacity. And so right now, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do something in-house. doesn't mean you have to do something online. Maybe you just serve others in a way and like in your community right now. You know, right now, like there are tons of people who are getting sick. Some of them are going to the hospital, some of them are not. They can't do anything, you see that. You can literally like drop off a meal outside and let them know, hey, boom, or you don't even have to, boom, boom. Remember back in the day when you're in like growing up, you knock on someone's door and you run away, except the subs when they just open the door, there's nothing there, there's a meal there for them. How amazing would that be? Someone opens up their mailbox and there's a gift card to a restaurant that you just left there for them. Maybe just another says, hey, praying free and love. You don't even have to put your name on it. And no one has to know. We can serve other people. 
For others, maybe it's like, hey, how can I be a part here? Like you've been you know, connecting with Cornerstone for a while. Like I'll just be so blatant as to say, hey, well, we need you. It might look like we have amazing volunteers, and we do, we have tons, but honestly, like until 100% of our church is serving, we still have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of people in our church who serve, but we still need you. Why? Because the scripture says that we're called the body of Christ. We each have to do our part. And so we're a dysfunctional body until everybody does their part. So we need you to serve. It's not an option. It's a calling that Jesus gives us. You can give a meal, you can give a ride, you can give your service. And so I want to hear from my life at the end of the day, this is just me, Jesus looking at me and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the goal. I don't get it right all the time, but at the end of the day, that's what I want to hear. And I pray that's what you wanna hear. So we got something really cool that you can do right now. If you're watching online, I, I want you to do this, all right? You can text this number, okay? Super easy to get started serving. If you wanna start serving, you can get started. You just text the word CC, like Cornerstone Church, CC Serve. Text the number CC Serve to 54244. I did that for you online. 54244. Which camera am I looking at? 54244. CC serve to 54244. You're sitting here in the room, text 54244. It's okay, I told you to be on your phone and text during church. When does that ever happen in a church, right? I'm saying for you to do it, and why? It's gonna get you started, and you don't have to do it now, but it's gonna take you straight to a spot where you can see how you can serve, or you can tell us how you would like to serve, and we wanna see you do your part. Let's just be honest, 2021 may not be starting so hot in the eyes of our country, but it can be the best year that we've ever had in our life personally in our faith and for our church and we can see God do some amazing things and when we see believers rising up taking their spot and saying I'm gonna choose to serve in the midst of a lot of uncertainty in the midst of chaos in the midst of like people being angry and depressed or whatever I want the light of Christ that shines deep within me to just shoot out so everyone can tell and know that I am a follower of Jesus and when I start serving God gets elevated and he gets the glory, and we will see people's lives change forever. Let's just be honest, people's eyes to church have been jaded this last year. And I'm not just talking about physical attendance. What I'm talking about is just what the church has done as a whole. We get the opportunity right now in this moment to change it forever. This is our moment to stand up and make a difference. I'm standing here and we're gonna carry this banner on and we're gonna continue to reach people not only in Gadsden and Etowah County and surrounding, but everyone watching online. We, we will make a difference when we stand together arm in arm, differences, different cultural backgrounds, different ethnicities, different neighborhoods, different political beliefs. And we say none of those things matter because we stand under the banner of the cross and together we will make a difference.